I could tell you that I also hated my first roommate. Um, yeah, full disclosure, the worst human being I've ever met. Okay, so let's move on to the actual college experience and what you did there. And since you are a commuter student, not someone who like went 3,000 miles away from their house or stuff. So that's interesting to me. So let's talk about before the, before the actual college experience, the summer before. So what did you do to prepare for college? Did you know what you were doing, registering? Did you pick a dorm mate or do you even have to pick a dorm mate for UMBC? So can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. So actually the preparation was pretty... For me, it was really confusing just because I, you know, it was it was new things that I had to do that I mm-hmm. didn't have to do in high school. Like, you know, apply to financial aid, make sure my financial aid is okay, make sure my tuition is okay, um, select your classes, um, select your dorm, select your roommate. It was just a lot. And, you know, we got through it. I actually ended up having a random student with me um, for my dorm and freshman year. And um, it was a gender inclusive, inclusive um you know, dorm room, just because I'm part of the LGBT community and I wanted to, you know, have that safety with me. So it was like mm-hmm. a gender inclusive dorm. And um, yeah, so the classes, you know, the, the process for the summer was not that hard. Um, we had a few orientations and we also had a book that we had to read just so we were, you know, caught up for welcome week and, you know, the those early freshman activities. Um, but yeah, the preparation was a all that hard they gave us they also gave us a list of everything that we needed for our dorms but um all the schools do that so um, so did you have to rely heavily on umbc staff like advisors or maybe you had a friend or two who was going to umbc because i'm completely new to the college process i don't have a single parent who went here so we don't know how any of this works so were you kind of doing the same thing like did you rely on a lot of people so i relied on first you know, my friends that I was going to UMBC with me that mm-hmm. had, you know, more experience with the college field than I did. And also UMBC staffs and advisors themselves. Um, they're really, really extremely helpful. There's a lot of things for incoming freshmen. There's a lot of resources for incoming freshmen to get acclimated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, those I, I utilize those resources and it really helped me get acclimated. Okay. And let's see, you picked a random, like, random person or people to dorm with for your first year so how did that work out because I've heard a bunch of like stories of I hated my first year roommate or my first year hall I was so lonely I didn't like this at all so how, how did it work out for you I can tell you that I also hated my first year roommate. Um, yeah, full disclosure, the worst human being I've ever met. Um, I, I do hope that he's okay and, you know, living and fine, but he was just not very nice to me. And I, you know, it was, I, I do wish that I, I, you know, had the, you know, the chance to select a roommate that, you know, I knew, but I didn't know anyone from, and a lot of my friends that were going to UMBC were girls and, you know, they already had their own roommates. So I didn't know a lot of my guy friends that were going to UMBC. So that was kind of like, you know, so my actually my my freshman year moved out three weeks <laughs> into into, you know, into into the year just because we had so many quarrels and it was not getting solved. So he just moved out and I had a single for the remainder of the year for the price that I paid for a double. So that was kind of nice. But um. <laughs> But yeah, what my advice, I guess, is that if you can find someone that you vibe with or, you know, there's there's usually websites and questionnaires that match you 
with you know your specific person and make sure that you write down the type of person that you're looking for because just that's going to be you know the person that you're going to be living with for a year and if it's a horrible person you're just going to have a horrible time <laughs> three weeks i think that's a world record <laughs> oh, wow <laughs> <It was> okay. <laughs> yeah so you ended up moving into a single you said for at least the rest of the year so, and I know a lot of people make friends through their dorms and stuff. So how did you end up socializing and like spreading out and hanging out with people? Sure. So first semester of my freshman year, I actually just hung out, only hung out with um, my my two friends that I knew from high school. Mm-hmm. Um, the A lot of people on my floor didn't actually, you know, talk to me just because I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was homophobia or something else um, or just they didn't vibe with me or whatever. Um, you know, it, it it was just like not a good, it was it was not fun. And I brought it up to the RA and they talked about it. And after that, they were being okay. But, um, you know, that just prompted me to not hang out with my floor mates a lot. I actually just kind of spread out and find my own friends within my classes. And, you know, uh, through association with the friends that I already knew beforehand, um, so that's a lot of where my initial social circles began. And in second semester, I actually rushed for my social fraternity. <laughs> you can actually see the flag in the background. Mm-hmm. I actually rushed for my social fraternity and that completely exploded my social life, completely exploded my social life. Oh, okay. So we'll talk about a fraternity. We'll talk about it in just a sec, sure. but, um, oh yeah. So I have, I've, with the people I've interviewed, they've kind of said, you know, it was so lonely mm-hmm. being by myself freshman year specifically first semester that seems yeah. like the worst yeah. year of college for everybody so it was so bad i had no friends i i didn't know anybody and these people have been like far away from home so did you feel the same or did you at least find like comfort like oh my parents my siblings at least friends that i had in high school are in the same state as me did you have that kind of comfort or were you still like very lonely and like oh, this is the worst worst like time of my life so yeah, no, freshman year, first semester was extremely lonely. I didn't have a roommate. I went to class and I went back to my room alone and I played video games. Um, you know, I wasn't I wasn't yet all that plugged in into the community yet. So I just, you know, I was just playing video games and it was just not a fun time. But um I did rely a lot. I I, I went back home on the weekends just because my home is like fifty minutes away from UMBC. So I, I went back home every weekend and during the week, you know, some days of the week I would just hang out with the two friends that I had from high school. And that was the first semester. But yeah, it was pretty lonely to begin. I see. Okay. And then can you tell me a little bit about your fraternity? Because I don't think I've interviewed someone who's had like any Greek life. So take me through it. Did when did you decide to go in? How did you go in whatever and how did it change your life <laughs> sure oh wow okay so um <laughs> the, I, I can confidently say that the moment i joined my social fraternity my undergraduate career completely flipped completely flipped it just opened a myriad of different opportunities for me to grow not on an academic sense only but in a social sense and professional sense as well um, I actually never thought I would join a fraternity, but the Greek life at UMBC is nothing like other schools. You know, it's, it's basically a collection of, you know, the hardworking, ambitious student leaders that want to do better in their campus communities. And so, you know, that, that really resonated with me and I wanted to join that. And I actually met, you know, my, my big brother from my fraternity in one of our SGA meetings um, freshman year, um, you know, to give you a little bit of context. 
next. I was part of the first year ambassador program for UMBC, which is, um, you know, a program for freshmen to acclimate and learn about the SGA program at um, UMBC. And through that, I learned, I, I talked to my, I, I became friends with my big brother from my fraternity, and he suggested that I would rush my fraternity and that it would open a myriad of different opportunities for me. And I did that, and it was an amazing experience, and it has always been an amazing experience. I learned, I met a lot of friends, I, <laughs> immense amount of friends, um, you know, beside the 50 brothers that I had in the fraternity that I was friends with. Um, there's also sororities that we had socials with, other fraternities that we had socials with. And, you know, I met some of my closest lifelong friends through my fraternity. Ooh, and what, a, what, a, what does rush mean? Like rushing? Sure. So rush is basically um, a week at the beginning of each semester where you go check out the, you know, the fraternities and sororities that you're interested in and you pick one out and then you rush them. And then once you rush them, you go through the process of initiation, pledging and, you know, all that. Mm. And don't those, don't those sororities and fraternities need to like select the people that they want? Is it like yes. that? Or can, oh, okay. Yes. Selective. I see. Interesting. So you've made a lot of friends there and do you still like keep the same friends that you have? Oh yes, I'm actually I live in my fraternity house right now with you know um with five of my brothers. Um all of the friends that I met in Greek life are still my friends. They've been my biggest supporters when it came to my SGA presidential campaign. You know, um it was it was it's been a really fruitful experience. That's good. And are there any activities or commitments that come with being in Greek life? Do you have, do you have like a certain responsibility or are you guys part of a certain organization that does stuff? So what does it do to, you know, the kind of the extracurriculars and stuff? Sure. So aside from the social aspect of it, we actually have a lot of philanthropic um, charity work that we do. Um, each, each Greek organization has a philanthropy that they donate to and they advocate for. And, um, you know, you have to do service for it. It's required service that you have to do for each chapter. Um, aside from that, it's also all, a lot of leadership. It's an amazing amount of leadership, um, especially for the Greek life at UMBC, um, just because everyone in Greek life is also in leadership positions in other organizations. Okay, that's that's amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know anything about Greek life until now. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Okay, so let's move on to the extracurriculars that you did, and particularly SGA. So you told me that you were on like the, you were a STEM student and you were kind of basically set on the track to become a pre-med student in UMBC and then eventually pursue like a doctorate later on. Mm -hmm. So what led you to do SGA versus like other maybe biology majors United or something like what was, what drew you to SGA? Sure. So you know, you have those clubs that you take as, you know, I don't, I hate this word, but resume boosters, some organizations that you do as resume boosters, mm-hmm. so you can gain some experience for the field of the career field that you're going into. Um, but you also have that clubs that you're actually like personally passionate in. And for me, SGA was those clubs that I was actually really, really, I don't want to say club because it's not a club. It's an organization with 60 plus officers at UMBC and we're getting paid for the work that we do. So that should like tell you that the work that we do is actually like, you know, legit work that we do. Um, it was, that was the passion that I had, you know, in high school, I wanted to do SGA, but the structure of high school SGA is more popularity based, you know, it's not merit based and it's not qualification based. And so I was not able to do that. 
But, you know, coming into UMBC, I learned that we have an amazing shared governance structure that's unmatched in any other school, just because, um, you know, students, faculty, staff, administration work hand in hand together to face issues that the community, you know, faces. And that was really, really appealing to me because I've never seen students empowered like that before. You know, like I, I'm, I, I actually like, you know, I'm running, I'm a vice chair of our university steering committee, which oversees all faculty, staff, and senate, like all faculty, staff, students, and graduate students. So that should tell you how, what, what opportunities there are for, you know, students to empower and grow in a professional setting at UMBC. And that was just really, really appealing to me. So um, going into that, I actually remember my summer of, you know, summer of freshman year, I actually reached out to the SGA president. I was like, hey, like, how can I run for president? I want to, I want to do SGA. <laughs> and then she was like, okay, relax, you know, check out the first year ambassador program, which is basically like an internship for, you know, for freshman year that interested in taking SGA positions. And it was amazing. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It taught me how to make different events. They taught me how to pass resolutions and legislation. They taught me how to make valuable change on my campus. And the following year, I decided to run for um, a position with an SGA. And um, within that position, my sophomore year, I did a lot of community relations work. Um, if you didn't know, UMBC doesn't have an official college town. We do have a college town, but it's not official. What's a college um, town? A college town is a town um, close to your university where you, um, you know, can go. They have businesses like different, like, you know, food and restaurants and services that you can use. But it's really, really, mm. really close to your university and they associate with your university. Oh, so, so it's like you get discounts at those places because you're a student and stuff? Yes, yes, basically, yes. So that was actually my initiative, right? So I actually worked with a lot of businesses in our college town to get business, to get discounts for, um, you know, UMBC students. I actually like made a pamphlet of all the discounts provided by UMBC students. And I gave that to the student body. And that was really, really, really fruitful because it was like the first time in my life where I made a valuable project where 11,000 students can use, you know? And that just made me want to do more in SGA. I actually did a lot more community work. I was actually sitting with, you know, the greater um, Arbutus Business Association, you know, and I was having weekly meetings with them. I was having weekly meetings with university admin, even the UMBC president. Uh, you know, I have his phone number in my in my <laughs> in my in my phone. It's amazing. Um, you know, and I did a lot of vlogs for that. It was fun. My senate, my second, my sophomore year was fun. The following year, I decided to run for, you know, SGA president. It was a lot of work. It, it's still a lot of work. It's almost a full-time job. Um, it's mm. upwards of 20 hours a week, but it's really fruitful. It's, you know, something that I'm passionate about. I oversee, you know, 60 plus officers. I hire my own officers from the student body. I work with university and admin to face, you know, issues. Like, for example, I worked this whole summer um, diligently with, you know, faculty and staff to make sure the transition back to campus is safe as possible during COVID. And, um, you know, I loved it. I, I absolutely love it just because I've never been empowered like this in any other institution. Other than uh, and so you, the COVID-19 issue is like a huge thing for colleges as well. And if you are an SGA president, that must, and I know you don't like this resume building word, but do you see it as like a big part because you've made an impact in your part and you're in a time where you're you have to take control of the situation and you have to figure things out so do you find that like you handled it well and it may help you in the future 
like with maybe jobs and stuff? I don't know if it's a big impact on jobs, but do you think it could? Um, I think like, like I, yeah, like uh, no, I definitely think it's 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 really really big. Like the the position of the position that I'm in is extremely big just because of the responsibilities that come with it, um, especially during COVID. But um, you know, I, like I'm, my other organizations that I'm part of right now. I can confidently say that I'm doing, I like them. I'm doing, but I'm doing it for, you know, resume. Like, for example, I'm in my, I'm in another fraternity. I'm in a pre-medical fraternity, the Phi Delta Epsilon pre-medical fraternity. And that teaches me a lot about, you know, um, just how to get prepared for medical school, your MCATs, your essays and your um, interviews and stuff like that. Um, I'm also doing a model UN and some other things, but you know, for me, SGA was my home. It was my passion. It was not something that I was doing just because I wanted to, you know, add a resume boost or something. It was something that I look forward to, you know, doing after I finish my homework. Like I like finished my homework and I just sat down all happy, like, Hey, let me do some SGA work. <laughs> so that was, you know, that was my experience with it. And yes, it was really, really big, um, you know, especially planning for it just because I had to represent 11,000 students when it came to the decisions making, decision making for, um, you know, for, for um, COVID and fall return. So yes, it was pretty huge. Okay, so let's move on to I love how much you gave me about SG and how much you mm-hmm. love it. So let's move on to kind of your major because you knew you were on like the pre-med track and whatever, but you didn't know exactly where, because there's a lot of things that you can do on the pre-med track. So you didn't know exactly what you wanted to do. So how did you go through college and then eventually come on to biology, was it? And then something else? So biology and physics. Physics, yeah. So how did you like navigate your way and then eventually choose biology and physics? Sure. So, um, you know, I, I knew that in order, like biology is just a given, you know, for, for medical school, you need, you need biology courses. You need those courses to do good on your MCAT and to get into medical schools and your credits are needed for medical schools. So um, it's not required to be a bio major. It's not required, but a lot of the pre-med requirements overlap, like 99% of the pre-med requirements overlap with the bio major. So that was a given from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was also, like I, like I mentioned before, I was coming in with, you know, a hefty amount of credits. So I had all this extra, extra gaps in my schedule that I need to fill in with a minor, a major, or, you know, something fun. And to me in high school, physics was my favorite subject. Um, you know, I got five on all my AP physics um, that was a, that was like one of the only uh, APs like that I got fives on my AP physics. Like I got fives on all of them. Physics is just makes sense to me. And that's, that's, you know, the second major that I decided to choose just because, you know, I love physics so much. Oh, that's, that's much different from a lot of students I hear. It's like, <laughs> no, no, no. no, but you put me in a chemistry class and I wouldn't be able to tell you what an atom is, <laughs> but physics I can do. <laughs> okay. So you were kind of, it was like, okay, biology, I need to meet the requirements anyway, so just make it my major yeah. and then physics. Okay. And let's talk more about like preparing for medical school and such. So you know you're on the pre-med track. When did you start preparing for the MCAT? And if you've already taken it, like what's the structure? What are you expecting out of it? And just tell me how it works and stuff. Sure. So for medical school, there is a lot of things that you have to do in your undergraduate career in order to be eligible. Um, of course, your GPA and your MCAT scores are, you know, your biggest ones. But you also have to have clinical hours and research hours and, um, you know, extracurricular activities, um, hobbies, hobbies that actually like, you know, give you some sort of knowledge about something. Um, 
yeah, so there's a lot. In terms of MCAT studying, I'm actually not studying for the MCAT this year. I'm studying for the MCAT the following year just because I'm mm-hmm. taking a gap year to focus on my research and my, um, you know, clinical hours. Um, but I'm choosing to, and this might not be the smartest move, but I'm taking a leap of faith. I'm choosing to invest most of my time and energy into SGA just because that's something that I'm truly passionate about. Like other people say that they're passionate about something, but I'm actually like, I've made my whole life's work about SGA this year. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to write my college essays about that. And, you know, I want to, I want to have some concrete things to back back my college essays off. So um, that's why I'm th- I'm taking, you know, I'm preparing for the MCAT this summer and taking it sometime next year and hopefully applying to medical school the following year, year after. So you said you're going to take a gap year to do your clinical research and stuff. So mm-hmm. when did you decide to do that? Is that like, oh, a lot of people do it or some people choose to do it like later? So how did you come to that decision to take a gap year? So, um, a lot of the resources that I get for my, um, you know, for, for my path to medical schools through my medical fraternity. And we have like weekly seminars and different doctors that come in and tell us about their experiences, things like that. But um, from what I've heard is that for medical school, the, the, the normal pathway right now is to do, take a gap here to increase, to build up your resume even further before applying. You know, um, I know a lot of students that, went to medical school straight from undergrad and you know they got in but um for me i just want to take that breather personally to focus on myself you know i just finished 16 years of school (laughs) i'm just gonna you know like just relax a little bit before going into four more Mm, okay and then what is this like research about does medical school require you to do something specific or is it kind of just like a free-for-all you know find something that you're interested in and just research about it? Like what, how, how does that work? Sure. So, so nothing in medical schools required, right? So uh, besides the MCAT and a high GPA, you know, all the other things are not required, but highly, highly encouraged in order for you to stay competitive with the other applicants. Mm. Right. So, um, you know, you can, you can have zero clinical hours and apply. And if you, if you're super strong in other aspects of your, of your, you know, resume, you're probably going to get it, but, just keep in mind that there's probably a student that is, you know, strong in those aspects as well, but also mm-hmm. has those clinical hours. So that's why you have to do, you know, all that just to stay more competitive, just because it's a lot of competition. Like medical school is probably the most competitive that you can get. But um, especially like the big ones that I'm trying to apply to, like John Hopkins or like, you know, UMD Med School and stuff like that. But um, in terms of research, um, again, not required, but highly encouraged um and that's up to you to find you know who to research right there's professors there's um tenured professors and um faculty members within your respective schools that follow their own research if your school is very stem heavy and um you know you just reach out to them and be like hey i'm a pre-medical student i'm you know i'm hoping to go to medical school but i'm looking for some research experience um you know i've heard about your lab i've read up on your lab i've actually read up on your publications as well and i'm interested in the research that you do and i was wondering if there's any space in your team for you know a student like me and you know they'll they'll probably either say no or say yes and if they say no then you try again you try with another professor another research but um yeah research is really really important and also it's fun it's fun work Okay, so let's move on to the schools that you're thinking about. And how did you like, again, come to that college list and stuff? So are you looking at like more prestigious schools now? Or are you still like, because, you know, Harvard, 
you go to Harvard Medical School. It's like very well known and stuff. Mm-hmm. So is is that how how are you approaching that? Because now like graduate and doctorate years are the ones that people mostly invest their money into or like time into if they're if they consider that path. Mm-hmm. So um. I'm sorry, is your question, how am I going about selecting my own? Yeah. And like, are you looking at more prestigious schools to like do it? You know, the Johns Hopkins, obviously like top in medical. So are you like looking at prestigious schools or are you still kind of like, and whatever, I just want to like a good medical program. So of course I'm looking at, you know, prestigious schools and, you know, trying to get into them. But, you know, what I learned from my undergraduate career is that your school is, it's, it's important in the education that you receive, but, you know, the experience that you get in your school is completely up to you. You know, it's completely up to you. You can go to John Hopkins, you can go to Harvard, you know, and if you don't use your full potential, you're just not going to like it and you're not going to be competitive and you're just not going to enjoy your time there. But um, if you went to a smaller school and, you know, you made it, you shaped it in your own vision and you, you know, worked to better yourself, then you're going to enjoy that. So for me personally, you know, this school that I'm going to end up going to, you know, for, for medical school is going to be a school where I can see myself growing and excelling the most. And, um, you know, I'm going to choose that path, whether that be, you know, John Hopkins or Harvard or UMD or even Ohio State Medical School, like whatever school is going to be, as long as they have the avenues for me to, you know, keep continuing growing my professional, social and academic skills, then I'm going to choose that school. Okay, that's that's good. That's good insight. So we're coming to an end here. And there's a question I ask every student I interview. And that's kind of two pieces of advice. So one would be advice to current high school students now, and they can be anywhere, they can be freshmen, sophomore, junior, senior, whatever. I give them advice, like one thing that you could give them, maybe something you regret, you regretted not doing in high school. So something that would help them. And then same for people going into college. What advice would you give them going into college and to make the most of the experience? Sure. So for the first one, I say that just remember, especially for high school freshmen, just remember that high school matters. What you do in high school, you know, the experiences that you learn in high school are going to set this, you know, the foundation of how you're going to be in college. And if you choose to, you know, not if you choose to slack if you choose to not do a lot if you choose to you know not be active in your school community that's completely fine but remember that you know the transition to college is going to be harder for you than you know a student that's more plugged into the school community um and for the other one uh, what was the second advice question it was like kind of people who are going into college maybe not like now because it's virtual and stuff yeah. and it's all confusing but just kind of in general what advice would you give going into college or maybe people who are freshmen and don't know what they're doing um i say that um going into college just determine what you're passionate about and start working on it your freshman year um mm-hmm. so that way by the time you know you are you're in your sophomore year or your junior you have something concrete to you know to work on to continue working on to continue growing um but what i say is that you know i sound like a broken record when i say this i say this to all my freshmen that come in what you make of your college experience is up to you and you, you and you and yourself. Like no one else can give you that college experience except yourself. Mm-hmm. If you choose to, you know, not get school, you know, plugged in, your college, undergrad career is not going to be fun if you if you don't get plugged in. But um, if you if you just go to class and go back to your dorm and don't do anything, then you, of course you're not going to have fun. But um, you know, if you plug yourself in, you know, 
be become a member of your community and try to help your community. I think that's going to, you know, be more fruitful for you. Well, thank you so much for coming and being interviewed. You gave a lot of good insight and very interesting to see someone who packed everything junior, senior year and like did really well in school. So that's very interesting. Thank you very much for coming today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, I I wish you luck as the SGA president with COVID and stuff. I hope everything goes well with UMBC. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you so much, Camilla. Thank you. You too. Have awesome. a good day. Bye. Have a great Bye. day. That's it for my interview with Mershad. Next week, I'll be releasing an interview with Jasmine from the University of Houston. Make sure to subscribe so you do not miss those episodes. But other than that, I hope to see you then.